This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the September edition of my year-long podcast series on creating a more effective compliance program. Each month during this year, I'm focusing on a different topic, which will help you create a more effective compliance program. And for the month of September, I'm going to focus on innovation in compliance. First, a word from this month's sponsor, Oversight Systems. Thanks, Tom, and thanks to everyone for joining us today. Oversight's artificial intelligence platform takes a comprehensive, multi-dimensional approach to identifying anomalies that are suggestive of bribery and corruption. Our analytics look across various dimensions such as employees, attendees, vendors, and countries over an extended time period. This enables us to identify employees exhibiting patterns of potentially improper behavior or collusion that are difficult to detect by auditing a single transaction at a time. Based on the analysis, employees or vendors engaged in risky behavior are presented in a risk-ranked format for easy examination. Remediation activities and the underlying root causes are automatically documented to drive continuous improvement. Oversight clients can easily demonstrate to the board and, if ever necessary, to the regulatory authorities that proactive monitoring of business transactions for anti-bribery and corruption risk is an integral part of company operations. With Oversight's Insights On Demand, you can have a best practice approach to identify possible violations in travel and entertainment and procure-to-pay programs. For more information, visit us at oversightsystems.com. Innovation indeed. I hope you will join me for the entire one-month series on innovation. I'm going to take a look at artificial intelligence, social media, leadership, and structural innovations. I think you will find it a fascinating month, and at the end of the month, you will have multiple tools and techniques which you can utilize to make your compliance program not only more effective, but operationalized, more efficient, and helping you to create greater profitability for your organization. This podcast, One Month to a Better Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 12, Real-Time versus Right-Time reviews. If, not, if it is not clear this month, innovation does not simply come from a technical or even service perspective, but <clears throat> can improve your compliance program from a wide variety of perspectives. We have considered a variety of issues related to innovation throughout this month to date, and today we consider how to think through a compliance-related issue itself as an innovation. Every compliance practitioner recognizes the prevent, find, and fix tripartite approach articulated by Roy Snell. Or if you want to go back to Paul McNulty's three maxim, what did you do to prevent it? What did you do to detect it? And what did you do when you found out about it? Many compliance practitioners believe that if you can move your program from one focused on detection to one focused on prevention, you will not only have a more robust program, but you also have one more fully operationalized as it would be closer to the ground and indeed the front lines of employees. Data and its analysis can be used in both approaches. Further, data can be used in both approaches for multiple approaches to actually doing compliance. It can be used to stop behavior. It can be used to further training, education, communications around compliance. The question becomes, which is better? real-time monitoring, or right-time monitoring. An innovation can, uh, can occur from how you consider this problem. 
So instead of a real-time review focus, consider a right-time review focus. Another way to think through this is, what is the right time for an analysis? If you think about the gifts, travel, and entertainment uh, reviews that companies have to go through and indeed routinely do go through for a variety of reasons, including, including compliance. If you have the situation where a company has a corporate card program or you use a corporate credit card, through these mechanisms, you should be able to access the feeds uh, which show the amount of spend from your card vendor, your bank, or your card issuer. If you have that quantum and quality of information, there might well be certain things worth looking for. A classic example would be if somebody spends money at an adult entertainment establishment that masquerades as a restaurant. This is because you may want to reprimand that employee or stop that behavior immediately. If your company uses an expense reporting system like Concur or Pearl River, however, the expenses can be previewed previewed while they are in process, but you're not going to get the real time. So it might be that even before your employee's manager approves an expense, you would have access to those. Obviously, this would be sometime down the road, but um, it would not be in real time. There could be a rash of information and data uh, to look at at that time to give an employee's manager a heads up to take a deeper dive into an expense report. It could be if there's not enough information there. It could be uh, that the information was not completely filled in. It could be lacking the specific documentation attachments. It could be something looks or smells fishy, whatever it may be. Finally, there are some gifts, travel, and entertainment expense which are best looked at with a longer-term view. This would include expense reports used to try uh, when you try to influence employee behavior. As a compliance professional, you're better off demonstrating a pattern of questionable or abusive expense-related items rather than simply a one-off report entry. Further, there may be situations where there are literally bursts of activity which you would like to pass before trying to download the analysis. The question for the compliance professional is, what do I have? Obviously, you cannot perform your analysis before you have the data. The question you must work through is, when do you have the data, and then when is the right time to do a particular kind of analysis of that data? Because it may not always be a right time when you find out or when you've got the information. By thinking about what you are attempting to accomplish through your monitoring, it can help you to inform your compliance program going forward, usually in a variety of ways. In the gifts, travel, and entertainment expense example that I've been talking about, if you want to move to something closer to real-time monitoring, you need to move towards the corporate credit card model with real-time viewing of the purchases on cards. From there, you can make a preliminary assessment if you want or need to use the data from the compliance perspective. Moreover, you should never forget that a much longer right-time review and perspective can be equally valuable for many of your other business processes going forward. 
So think about that in terms of both the right time and real time. How are you going to use that information from the monitoring going forward? And once again, think back and tie it to the precepts or precepts uh, laid out by Wei Chen in the evaluation of corporate compliance programs. How did you use that information in your compliance program? So if you want to take sit back and take a longer view, you would use more of a right-time monitoring approach. But if you're uh, in a high-risk area where you think that uh, something uh, scant may be going on or indeed uh, simply because of a higher-risk management strategy, you want to have a real-time. Take a look at it that way. It's this final point which makes clear the power of operationalizing your compliance program. If you put the architecture of compliance closest to those in the field who are literally on the front lines of your organization, you should be able to obtain the data nearest to the customer. That data can be sliced and diced in a variety of ways, which allows you to incorporate back in your continuous learning feedback loop, i.e. the AUDA feedback loop, so that you can determine the most effective business process going forward. When compliance can wed its prevent, find, and fix mandate with an overall business process performance, it can make the company more efficient and more profitable and certainly show return on investment to compliance. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, information can come through a new way to think about and use data, data review, and data monitoring going forward. So how are you going to use that data could inform how you're going to review that. Think about the differences in a real-time and a right-time review. Are physically, is your company set up to do a real-time review if you have corporate credit cards and access to that? But if you don't, it may be a right-time review. And finally, perhaps you want to start backwards at the end and consider what the review is for and then how you'll use it going forward to help determine when you want to monitor an activity. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day 12 of one month of innovation and compliance and hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 13. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you again for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Innovation and Compliance. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I hope that you would rate our podcast as would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only monthly podcast series in compliance, which will help you create a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.